Taking off in five, four, three, two. Yo, 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 it's your boy T.O. As you know, it's your boy O-Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking Fade Podcast, the one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and film related, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about coming to you live, direct, the yet-to-be-named studio, but... It's coming, though. It's coming. It's coming, eventually, eventually. Coming uh, soon. Coming soon. Uh, to a theater need... It's not coming to a theater. It's definitely not coming to a theater. <laughs> yeah. Um... But uh, yeah, welcome everybody uh, back for another week with the Fade Podcast. A lot of shit going on this week. We have no time to waste whatsoever. Let's just jump into our shit here. Uh, first things first, right? Let's 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 get into uh, our, our very usual segment here. Last week, next week, uh, let's talk about uh, all the shit that uh, that we think uh, was noteworthy last week, and let's talk about some of the things that we might be looking forward to uh, uh, this coming week. Uh, so for the first thing I wanted to get to is uh, we had a couple of devastating passings uh, this past week that, yeah. uh, you know, that that obviously, you know, uh, are, you know, it's just, yeah, this is 2020. So why not, you know, why not send some parting shots, you know, as 2020 going out the door. Uh, but we we received word that uh, Natalie Reed, uh, she passed uh, and she what I know her from was uh, the show Eve, um, but she was in BAPS uh, with Halle Berry. Um, you know, she's, she's done a lot of other things too. Uh, but she, I believe, uh, she had colon cancer was, uh, was essentially, um, you know, what was, uh, what was ailing her. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah, like sometimes, you know, some people are like a part of your like upbringing and, you know, sometimes they just kind of like, you know, disappear or go away. And, and, but I just remember, like, cause I remember seeing her face, so much uh uh you know uh, this past week and i was just like oh she looks so familiar like what are, like, I, I know i know her from something like i but i it just it, it was hard for me to place and i was like oh shit like it was eve because i used to watch eve all the time you know this was uh what, early 2000s uh that that eve had its run um and so uh and so yeah um yeah uh what can you say man uh you know cancer cancer strikes again man um, yeah. And I also got to mention the, uh, the passing of, um, Tommy tiny Lister, who yeah. is better known as Debo from Friday. Uh, I believe he passed away on, uh, it was Thursday or this past Thursday. Uh, the cause of death, as far as I understand is still unannounced, but he passed away at the age of 62. Uh, again, um, uh, Thomas Lister's better known as Debo from Friday. If you haven't seen Friday, then I don't even want to associate with you at this point. It is a it is a classic film um, for sure. So rest in peace to him. Um, you know, uh, condolences to his family. I believe he leaves behind like a, a he had a daughter. Maybe she's like 10, 11 years old, something like that. So you know, got to mention that. That was a uh, you know that was that was surprising actually. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, again, it's, and it's one of those things where somebody's like a part of like your child, like Friday was a part of all of our childhood, well, maybe not mm-hmm. all of us, but <laughs> a majority of us who enjoy good things. Uh, you know, Friday was a part of that. Uh, and even more than Friday, man, like I remember actually before Friday, what I knew him was, was as Zeus, uh, in, uh, the WWF, um, yeah. that, uh, I think, I forget what WrestleMania was, but I think it was one of the WrestleManias that, uh, that, that he had this whole big thing with, um, 
Hulk Hogan. And it was just, <laughs> it was, it was actually kind of a little comical because, you know, it just, it was just funny the way it looked, but, uh, but that was actually what I knew him from prior to, um, prior to Friday. And obviously he's done a lot of things since Friday. He's uh, in one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite movie of all time, which is uh, The Fifth Element um, that he played. Yeah. The, uh, the Doesn't he play like the president? <laughs> yeah, he played the president. And he did a he did such a dope joke. Do- oh, I can't even fucking talk this morning. Uh, he did such a dope job with it uh, in terms of, you know, this is before everybody started getting woke and, you know, could imagine a, a black president. Uh, so, you know, he played, what uh, you know, a uh, black president on the fifth element, um, which was, um, yeah, it was, uh, Shit, did he, did he influence his Obama's presidency? He might've, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I would have to say that Obama taught, probably took some tips from him, you know, so <laughs> he was moving and it was like, all right, I mean, he didn't say world. Say one more time. No, so he did save the world in that movie, right? Him and Bruce Willis. He did. So yes. Or at, least he, or at least he okayed it. Yeah. He okayed Assisted it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah uh rip uh both to, to to natalie reed and as well as um uh, uh tiny lister um yeah this is uh it's a weird week uh for for multiple reasons but uh you know the least of which uh or not the least of which is uh was this news um so uh yeah i don't know i haven't this this week has had so much shit going on uh that i just have not even been able to pay attention to what the fuck's going on next week do you got anything for next week that you're looking forward to yeah i mean you know you're right like we and we're gonna get into that when we uh i'll give you the the quick summary of the show in just a second but i mean this week has just been owned by uh like some of the marvel announcements Um, obviously nba is back so the only thing i have for next week is really basketball is back like uh we're gonna get and this is like during football season, which is going to be interesting because it's like now more of your day and your week is going to be um, uh, owned by by sports. So, uh, you know, we're entering like what week 13 of the NFL season, basketball season's just started. Uh, so we're going to get a lot. And I think it's like it's, it's going to be a good time of the year because no one's going outside anymore. You're going to be in the house all the time. So why not watch a lot of basketball and football? So that's really all, I, all I'm looking forward to next week um, on top of like a lot of the uh, announcements that were recently made. Um, but like, let's let's jump into that really quickly. Let's talk about, um, you know, uh, some of the some of the topics we're going to cover during the show. Uh, so first, we have a really, really uh, great um, uh press play segment featuring the film Black Bear, which was recently released. Uh, You can get it on VOD. Um, We're going to jump into details about that pretty soon. Um, After that, we're going to be talking about Marvel's, I'm sorry, Disney's Investor Day. Uh, So a lot of trailers for upcoming uh, movies and TV series were released. Uh, We're also going to talk about some of the um, Star Wars trailers that were released and kind of just go through the list of uh, some of the the films and TV shows that were announced. And I got a special uh, mention coming from, I know know it's Disney Investor Day, but I got to mention something that DC Comics announced as well. Uh, I'll throw that in there at the end. Uh, then we're going to get into just a few things about, oh, sorry, messed up my list here. Uh, then we're going to wrap up uh, the show with just a few details about some of the things Byron Allen is doing. Byron Allen's one of the, uh, uh, he's a guy we've talked about pretty frequently on this podcast who's doing some amazing things with the upcoming network, la- network launch. And we're also going to talk about Spider-Man 3. A lot of big news coming out of Spider-Man 3 with like recent additions to the cast um, and, uh, you know, some 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 throwback characters that you know we haven't seen in a while who are going to be like rejoining the storyline. So uh, l- but let's first let's jump into our press play segment with Black Bear. Hey, uh, you know. Uh, you know, we have a we have a tradition here on the uh, on the podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen. 
We do indeed have another one. Another one. I'm going to get sued by Khaled for saying that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I suspect Khaled will go, he'll go a little easy on you. He seems like a easygoing guy, right? He doesn't seem like he's too, 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 Listen, too press for money. Uh, cash money records owed him like 10 million. You know, you know, baby doesn't pay anybody. So apparently they owe $10 million. Khaled just said, you know what? I'm good. Uh, so yeah, he's not going to come after me for my little $20. You should. <laughs> hey, that's all I got. Uh, so yeah ladies and gentlemen we have a press play for you Uh, it is indeed um, on the movie uh, Black Bear um, which is basically just uh, this very uh, strange story if I could say that uh, you know uh, uh, it it, it basically I don't even know how to like describing this movie is a a little bit of a struggle right because there's just like so many different like aspects to it so basically it's about a woman who she goes to an airbnb and she uh she she's essentially you know just there she's a director and she's there to 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 like you know work on her movie yada yada um but she's greeted by this couple who you know obviously hosts is hosting the airbnb and uh just wackiness and weirdness you know ensues and awkwardness uh ensues uh but then that's only part one of it uh part two of the movie is uh kind of like a meta uh version of that story where you basically see the behind the scenes of the making of not quite that story but basically a similar <laughs> similar story uh so that's the best i can fucking summarize the movie uh to to you guys uh this is directed by uh Lawrence Michael uh, Levine uh, as well as written by Levine as, as well uh and uh yeah we can just jump into uh first before anything else as usual tell me just what you think of the actual movie itself like how, did you find any part of this relatable like well for, first i, I want to jump into like what like what brought us to this film right because we did a trailer review of this movie um a couple weeks back right um and I, I, I think i found this trailer in passing i was like as i was scrolling on instagram i'm familiar with aubrey aubrey plaza she's a hit or miss for me usually so and i, I usually have like strong feelings about her performance in films so when i saw her in the trailer i was like okay let me watch this really quickly just to see if i'm gonna be interested in this or is this gonna be like another project she's done that i'm just like ah you know uh, I'm going to put her on the list as Brie Larson. Um, <laughs> so I watched the trailer for this. And what I love the most was like this entry scene right here where she's in the, like that red bathing suit. And like, it's just very eerie and weird and, and scenic in a way. And I love how the trailer gives you a very, it's like, it's like layer one, right? When you're peeling the onion, it gives you like a very different uh, experience than the film, um, which is which is really surprising. Like I remember watching this movie when they cut to part two. I was like, "Holy shit! Like, what's going on here?" And then part three is just like peeling back more layers of the onion. So I found this trailer online. I saw Aubrey Plaza in it, and I was like, "You know what? Let's give this a try." We reviewed the trailer, and then when we were thinking about press plays this week, I was like, "You know what? Let's 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 go watch Black Bear." That seemed like a really interesting trailer that we reviewed on a past episode. Let's let's actually watch one of the films that uh, that we reviewed, and this was a great pick. Yeah. Um, um, so your question was about like the 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 plot, right? Or or like maybe more specifically, like what like before we talk about anything else, like in terms of like how we feel about the whole structure of it or whatever we think about the plot. Like, was there was there a part of this movie that you found like personally like relatable? I know that there were several fucking moments. I was like, yeah, it's like they just fucking airlifted this from from, from my own life. Um, so uh, so how about yourself? <laughs> yes. So 
so there's an interesting scene um, in which, like, the, you know, Aubrey Plaza's character, um, Allison, first comes to the uh, Airbnb to meet Blair um, and uh, Gabe, right? And Blair and Gabe, like, they're together, but, like, not really, right? Blair's pregnant. Um, Gabe is, you know, obviously the father, but they're not, like, engaged. They're not married. They're just trying to, like, figure out, like, all right, how are we going to start this new family, right? <laughs> so, obviously, that's the situation I've been in. Um, so, it was interesting for me, like, watching them go through that, like, oh, uh, you know, we're together, we're not together. This is, like, a, kind of like a non-traditional thing, like, you know, uh, we hate kind of explaining this relationship, you know, it was like very uncomfortable. Um, so that resonated with me. Um, also, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a debater and arguer. So like that first night when <laughs> no, you don't say you're not, not you. Surprise. Uh, so when they're having that, uh, that argument, uh, Blair and Gabe are having the argument on the first night about like feminism in front of their guest, Allison, like, you know, that was so cringeworthy to me because I'm like, you know, if I was there, I wouldn't have been able to stop arguing either, even if we had guests. Just because, like, when I'm, you know, when I when I have uh, a perspective in mind, like, I have to get it across. So, like, there were so many both moments in this film that resonated to me, as well as like like uh, character nuances. Yeah, uh, for for me, it was uh, there was just so many aspects to. Uh, there's just for one so many layers in the movie right but like personally speaking like there's I've been in situations when you're a bit on both sides of it where you're somewhere and like two people like a couple like they're arguing and you're just like uh, <laughs> this is getting weird <laughs> this is getting strange um, but then also I've been a part of the, the you know the the couple who's just like alright we're just going we're just going to duke it out right here like fuck it <laughs> let the world watch like i remember one time me and uh me and me and the uh me and my my partner we were uh we were walking uh we were walking on the sh- uh, on the street we were going to go get pizza and we were literally spending the entire fucking time uh, uh loudly arguing on the sidewalk as we're walking down the fucking sidewalk which you know you're always like you're always amused at those because you're like ah you fucking clown why don't you guys just break up like <laughs> when you see it on the other side you're just like you guys look stupid uh but then when it happens to you you're just like i can't avoid this this has to happen right here right now um yeah uh and and so and then like all and then i what i can relate to is like the the digs like how uh you were talking about how like um how they were they were uh arguing about feminism and all that but I, and i found that relatable you know, clearly but uh the other thing that i found relatable were like the digs like when they were sitting and they were having dinner uh yeah. and uh you know they were like recalling stuff about their relationship and they're like um no that didn't happen or no are you sure that's the way it and it's like these like little small fucking like darts that you like throw at each other and i think that's just inevitable to happen like in a relationship right like there's, yeah. there's like, obviously especially like to your point, when when like she was like, "Oh, we didn't have jobs," and he was like, "Oh, we we had jobs." Yeah. It was like, and she was like, "Oh, well, you know, you're not a professional musician anymore." He was yeah. like, "I'm still a professional." <laughs> so she's all the years, and he's like, mm, "Only a year and a half." Uh, and like the, a lot of those things happen in like relationships when there's like 
you know, the build up to an argument. It's always like very exciting to watch, especially when you're not in it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, or it's hard to watch when you're not in that. I, I would say that sometimes it, there's like a line, right. Where it goes from being like entertaining to being like, yo, this is uncomfortable. I need to leave. <laughs> um, if it's your parents and they file for divorce, like the next day, <laughs> shit, that's, that's just weird. But if it's like, you care you about two your- Christmases, I don't know. <laughs> if it's people you don't care about, you're secretly like, keep going. Um, so, uh, uh, and, and then like, uh, along with that, that dig about like his profession, she was, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still a musician. I still get paid for it. And she was like, his yeah. last royalty check was 53 cents. And it was just like, uh, it's devastating. You can't come back from that. That's when I would have flipped the table. <laughs> come on. You can't have somebody call y'all like that. It's disrespectful, dude. So that's why I always keep the, the 45 on me for moments like that. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. She, uh, but I, yeah. That that's like so relatable, man. Uh, you know, and I, I don't, I don't want to divulge too much of my relationship on here. But uh, you know, uh, my partner, she's she's very fun. Like, I hate getting into like back and forths with her like that because her mm-hmm. memory is like fucking pristine for shit like that. So she'll just like where I could say the same, like I could have things to say back, but I just I'm an idiot and I just can't remember shit. And so, but she has a fucking steel trap for her memory, and so she just always brings shit up that she's like, ah. Oh. Oh, all right. You got me on that one. <laughs> I hate thinking back on like an argument or a debate about like things you should have said, mm. like when you had, when you had the heat, but you just didn't drop it. Cause you like forgot about it. Then you got to like relive the argument in your head. Like oh, I should have said this. That's the worst, man. If yeah. I had a time, unfortunately it probably wouldn't be used to go back and change any like really important shit. Historically, <laughs> it would be going to go win small arguments. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. for good, but nah. I just want to win that one small argument. I I lost back in the day. Why do anything else? I mean, that 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 would give you the most satisfaction, right? It's not fucking like you know, it's not Back to the Future where you go and you fucking play, you know, all the stocks and all this other stuff. Nah, fuck or betting or anything. Nah, let's just let's just win these very small arguments that nobody else cares about. I would never have lost an argument. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so uh, so we can kind of jump into like what we think about the, the whole plot because this is a very fucking weird and strange movie, but I fucking love it. I'm gonna say, uh, you know, what? I'll save this towards the end. I'll, I'll save it for the end. But uh, to me, this what this movie was was a combination between some weird, quirky kind of like black comedy, as well as a uh, Inception as well as Birdman. It's like a combination of all those three things is essentially what this movie is. I say Inception because you're not sure what the fuck is real and not real in this movie. Uh, and there's different like layers to to like the realness of it, right? So you have the first set of, you know, let, let's call this the first dream sequence, you know, if we're talking about this in, in Inception style, where... Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, Aubrey Plaza's character of Allison arriving at the uh, at this Airbnb, uh, and then, but be, even before that, we you know we have her sitting by the lake, right? And and the, the the lake seems to be kind of like the thing that ties everything together, right? That everything yeah. basically takes place from that from that lake scene where she's just sitting staring out onto the water, uh, and so. She arrives at the Airbnb and that's like the first layer, right? Where she meets them and they have all have this like weird sort of like, you know, uh, uh, interaction, uh, so to speak. Um, and, and then uh, the second layer is uh, is when she um, uh, is, is after that, that part is essentially done. They get into an accident. Uh, 
you know, and, and I guess we should say right off the bat, like, you know, there's this like intense, like sort of brooding romance between her and Gabe. And obviously Gabe is, is with Blair and she's about to have his kid. Uh, and there's this like simmering romance between Allison and Gabe, you know, that they have this sort of tension between them uh, that culminates. in, of course, them, you know, uh, 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 about the fuck is, uh, is the, the, the classy way of saying it, I guess. Um, and uh, and so they get into an accident after Blair seems like she's having a complication with her pregnancy. And then uh, and then it cuts to part two, which is basically the making of that story, except for the the people their names are the same but their roles are kind of like reversed where allison is essentially in blair's position and blair is in allison's position and gabe is played by basically somebody else altogether uh but he's the director now of the film uh and uh and so this is like weird meta thing happening so that's the second layer of inception right the third layer of inception is uh is when she's sitting at the lake because then like basically everything is you're not sure if she's the person writing all of this like if it's all just one big production or if this is where she got the idea like everything else is everything else already happened and she just got the idea for this story from this like it's it's very weird complicated but it's like birdman because of that second part uh where they're shooting it's about them shooting the movie so there's all these like fucking like things that happen and it's fucking hilarious some of the shit that happens like on the set you know uh it was just it was it was it was such a rich environment for just like tons of shit going on that is just like little shit that they add in that you just appreciate so much uh so i definitely appreciated that part two um maybe a lot more than part one part one was just awkward in terms of just like the interactions between everybody but part two is just fucking hilarious in terms of you know uh, a lot of the humor that they brought into it it's, it's really emotional at times but i think uh uh, very, very humorous. Yeah. You know what? Um, and I, I think you laid it out perfectly. And if I were to add anything to it, it, it would just be like how I, my perspective on, on this film, right. It's, I, I kind of look at it in like four pieces, right. For the first piece of this film in part one was like uh, you, it, it is a film. This is a movie about this young woman who's coming to this cabin to kind of escape what seems to be like her, you know, crazy um, tumultuous life where she is like, you know, a, a struggling actress who's becoming a director and she goes here to write and to kind of like find herself and her life is not quite perfect. And she's trying to like, you know, she goes here to find some solace, right? Um, and she happens to book this Airbnb with this couple who's like go- going through a struggle, right? And it feels very much like a real film in the beginning. And then part two, part two, it, you know, there, there are two pieces there for me. There is the, it's somewhat autobiographical, right? Because uh, the character Gabe, he's like directing this movie, starring his wife. And it's kind of about their troubled relationship. Um, which is difficult because you can see like she's struggling with it because like she thinks there's like some infidelity in their relationship and he's also like leading he's feeding into that infidelity right which is the third piece to me it's like the bridge between this being like a real thing like a real story about their relationship but he's also like intervening and manipulating it a little bit for the camera right for to, to get the best out of her as an actress for the film. What do you, you think about that? Like in terms of like his whole strategy for, for, for doing that, that shit was kind of twisted, dude. 
it was super fucked up, right? Because you're you're manipulating with someone's like real feelings, right? You're, you're toying with someone's real emotions, which mm-hmm. when the camera's on, great, because you're going to be able to capture all of that emotion, that intensity and that rawness, which they did um, at the end. But, you know, now you've got to deal with that thing in real life, right? Um, so it's like, you may have destroyed your marriage, but you made a great film, right? Was it worth it? Um, and then the fourth piece to it is like the comedic overlay, which I, which I feel like well, goes let me, over. Let me, uh, uh, super quick, uh, let me add one more thing to, to what you're talking about with that, you know, kind of super fucked upness in terms of like being a director and trying to do things. Uh, so this is actually pretty similar to uh, Stanley Kubrick and Shelley Duvall when they worked on The Shining, that uh, he would just do a lot of fucked up shit to her in order to like get her in the mind frame of for the role you know mm-hmm. um and it, and it, it is a cl- kind of a classic technique it, like you have different directors that do different that have different approaches for how to like deal with uh, or not deal with but get the most out of you know the performances uh, of the uh, the actor uh, actors um that is an approach to basically just be a shitty or especially depending on what kind of emotional uh, what kind of style the movie is, you'll try to sort of put your actor or actress in that uh, mind frame, right? There's, there's, you know, things about like, you know, when people are shooting and like, if, if, it, if somebody's supposed to look tired during a scene, you know, they'll just fucking keep them up all night, you know, and just do shit to like, make sure that they just never sleep and not like including them on that, you know, plan, but just doing it, you know? Um, and so, so yeah, that's a, it's a really fucking interesting approach. Uh, really fucked up and clearly leads to a lot of uh, a lot of real life, you know, uh, uh, implications. But uh, you know where we saw that uh, mm-hmm. Twilight. Remember um, with Kristen Stewart and she was like in real life, she was dating Robert Pattinson. But in the film, she had to be like uh, dating Edward, but also like flirting with Jacob. Right. So the mm-hmm. director of the film was like, hey. In real life, I know you're dating Robert Pattinson, but fuck me on the side and then use that raw emotion and bring that into the film with Edward. And it which worked. Is- Multi-million dollar franchise. Like now we're all rich and Robert Pattinson's like, you know what? Fuck this. I, I'm, I'm moving to Gotham City and then we're going to see what happens. I'm going to get me a suit. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, and I and I cut you off when you were about to uh, you you were about to go on to something else with. Uh, no, I, I was gonna say so. The fourth piece of the film for me was like the comedic overlay that like was in both part one and part two, right? Um, so we see Aubrey Plaza's character in part one, where we it's like a very much a real film. Uh, there's like even though like Blair and uh, Gabe were having this very intense argument. Aubrey kind of maintains this like very real sense of humor about all of it, where she's like, yeah, man, bitches be crazy. And, um, uh, you know, she lightens the mood with her sense of humor, which is like what people do in real life when they're in these like tense situations. Right. And it was funny. It was like, it was like well comedic timing. I remember watching that and being like, Oh, that would be so uncomfortable in that moment. And like, how would I respond to it? it would probably be, be like to make those jokes. Right. And then in part two, where we get to see like a lot of behind the scenes making of the photo, there's like a lot of humorous things that happen there too. So I appreciated the spots of humor throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this movie was really well done from, from that standpoint. Uh, I just love the entire cast and crew. Like there's just all these things, like they had this thing where like somebody was always spilling coffee <laughs> like yeah. on somebody else. Uh, and um there was uh the girl I'm, had, I'm, I'm, i might hold that the, say one more time the, the i believe like the production manager or something like that she had like diarrhea like the whole movie 
Yeah, I actually want to hold that because that's going to come up in my uh, our when we talk about the characters and, and okay. Well, <laughs> and shit. Um, uh, so yeah, they just had all this shit that in part two that I was just like, this is like fucking, this is so awesome. Like a lot of it was over the top, right? But uh, but it was uh, you know, it, I feel like it was like a really good depiction of of like what sometimes you know film sets uh are, are like you know that just like mm-hmm. a lot of fucking controlled chaos you know <laughs> or perhaps controlled chaos as some of it might not be so controlled right um yeah and so uh and so yeah i'm so appreciative of the of the structure of of this movie um you know uh, there's so many things you could say about the actual story itself, about how it's woven together, about what it means. Like, what the fuck does the bl- uh, bear mean? I don't, I don't fucking know what the bear means. I think there's some speculation that perhaps the bear was an uh, indication of like where you are at in reality. That in part one, um, the bear is just a bear, is an actual like just a fucking bear, you know. And then in part two, the bear indicates that part two was like a dream because the way that uh allison interacts with the bear in part two is like that's probably not how you should fucking approach a bear i feel like it would just maul the shit out of you and claw your fucking face off if you just walked up to it with tears in your eyes you know um it'll just take your face off you know um and so uh uh and so yeah there's just so many different fucking layers to this movie very very complicated it's very simple yet complicated at the same time you know and i think that that's a an amazing feat to uh to to pull off is is to make something both complex as well as simple um yeah and so i think that was uh, as i said in the beginning that's one of the things that drew me to this movie like when you watch the trailer on the surface like the the, what you see in the trailer you like you get that right in part one um so you're not like left you know it's not like uh, you're gonna watch the the movie and it's gonna be completely different like in part one you get what you see in the trailer in part two you get like it's kind of like watching a behind the scenes of the movie that you watch in part one. So you're getting like this, this extra, you know, it's like when you order uh, food on Grubhub and they, you know, you, you get like a Philly cheesesteak and they accidentally bring you like something else. Like that's really good. Maybe like a chicken cheesesteak. And you're like, I didn't order the chicken cheesesteak, but they're like, Oh, well you got them both. And you're like, fuck it. Now I got a Philly cheesesteak and a chicken cheesesteak. Can't miss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let, let's hop over to the uh, the, the characters. Uh, obviously, do our usual runners up and MVP. Um, the casting by credit on this is uh, Julio. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Julio Carmesi, as well as uh, Brian Scary, uh, were the casting by credits on this film. Uh, talk to me about who you think your runner uh, runner up is and who you think your MVP is. Mm, all right. This is this this is going to be a little bit rough for me. I've been thinking about this for a little while. I, actually so obviously you're gonna look at like the the top four right top bill but i don't know if that quite does it for me i think one of one of my runner-ups who just made this film like interesting um and made it feel a little bit lighter especially in part two would be uh paola uh, lazaro who plays uh, kaya She's like the production manager, right? So in part two, you see a lot of her. She's the one who's like, um, you know, keeping, you know, she's herding all the sheep, right? Making sure everybody's in place to shoot like the next scene. She's like, you know, she's the one who's calling the scenes and moving on to the next scene. She she would actually be in that case, she would actually be, if I'm to understand correctly, she would be like the first uh, AD, first assistant director. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. You got it. 
because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to like those titles. Um, but yeah, so she's like the first assistant director, right? Uh, so she's like battling diarrhea, this like weird case of diarrhea, right? Throughout this whole um, production in part two, but she's also has to like wrangle again, hurt like herd the sheep and whatnot. And she just kind of brings like a lightness to part two, right? It doesn't at one point doesn't she spill the coffee on one of the actors? Uh, uh, no, Blair? she uh, no, she it's uh, guy. yeah, it's somebody else. I'll do this, but yeah. I, I just she, she didn't have like much screen time but like in part two i think she really made it feel like all right this is like a real production right um obviously i think sarah gordon who plays blair i thought in part one she was like her performance was so powerful especially like the argument scenes like her emotion seemed like very real um you you understood who she was you understood her character why she felt the way she felt uh the from the argument scene after dinner to her having um come in and like catching uh, her husband gabe sleeping with their house guest allison her response to that uh at no point in time during this film did i like question her character it felt very real even in part two like she felt like i you know i'm an actress i'm here to play this role i'm i'm here to take direction from the director and she felt very much like a professional in part two uh so i really liked her character and her performance and you can feel the switch from part one to part two even in her makeup the way they styled her hair her outfits like you can really feel the switch um but i mean who and i gotta throw it out to uh, christopher abbott too he's my honorable mention i know i know i got a, i got a lot of runner-ups here but you you could feel the switch in his character too from uh you know the you know the you know somewhat misogynistic cheating boyfriend in, in part one to like the director in part two the funniest thing to me is like do you remember the the doc scene when she was like basically questioning like why we have to shoot that scene again and why he wants to shoot that scene again yeah. and he was talking to her he was like no we're running out of time here like do you want to mm-hmm. like do you want to maybe like get your shit together like you know and he's like shaking his head i fucking hate when people talk to me like that like those like uh those like self confirmationists right who they're talking to you and they're shaking their head as they're talking to you as like you agreeing with them is like the their like their expectation um so i felt her anger in that scene i thought he was really good at that like he really switched but abby plaza has to take mvp i mean powerful stuff especially at the the very end um uh, you know, the, the crying scene. And even in part one, I mean, I think she did a great role. Like, you know, she did, a, uh, she was great being weird and being uncomfortable and uh, the, the intimacy between her and Gabe, like they really sold that well. Um, you know, uh, I got to check the box on this one for her as, as uh, our MVP. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think uh, I'm tired of you jocking my style when it comes to, uh, I think I can kind of come up with somebody who, uh, you know, who I'm, I'm thinking is uh is not off the beaten path in terms of, you know, who might run, be the runner up or MVP. And there you go. Still in my thunder, but uh, I'll, I'll say for my runner up, I, I got to go with uh, Paola uh, Lazaro. I believe her name is, and I might be pronouncing it wrong. My apologies as uh, Kaya, I believe her, her, her name is, uh, but she plays, I guess the, uh, what would be the first uh, assistant director here, um, you know, for the film. And she just, every fucking scene she was in, it was just, pure comedy it was it was perfect uh from where she was like you know she's she's got this you know uh diarrhea going on and she's like you know she thinks that she can smoke the weed to you know kind of calm that down and she's like is it mellow is it mellow yeah and then she smokes (laughs) it and then she's like that shit was not mellow (laughs) um 
which was uh it was so fucking dope um and just uh you know and and then like it's i think it's it's uh for for people who you know are on set and are used to dealing with actors and actresses her interaction with Aubrey Plaza when Aubrey was uh or or i guess she was Aubrey Plaza was playing Allison when she was drunk it's just like yeah like that of course you know you're just trying like this person is a complete shit show and you're just mm-hmm. trying to salvage it because the fucking time's ticking the, you know and you know you got to start rolling on that camera otherwise you're all fucked because you just wasted all this fucking money you know every second that you're on set you're wasting time and money um or time that is money um and so uh it was just like yeah like that that's a fucking completely like uh, sensible and, and logical scene to have where she's just trying to like do it she knows she's drunk as shit and she should probably just fucking go sleep it off but she can't because they gotta fucking shoot this thing and they'll all fucking regret it if they don't so uh and she just played all that just beautifully and so I, I thought she did a fucking supreme job with that my my uh, mvp has to be christopher abbott as gabe i thought that his transformation from this kind of like meekish dude who had like a specific set of beliefs but he you know i think uh blair you know in the first part she just she just made him seem so silly (laughs) most of the time you know with a a lot of the things that she said and he just seemed so meekish because of that uh but then to have him flip and then be the director in part two and have him be sort of like this aggressive mastermind behind it all and trying to you know uh uh, get the best performance out of uh, Allison and then to turn out to just be a, a, a cheating asshole as you know, as, as was indicated in part one, um, his flip between both of those roles was fucking nothing short of amazing, you know? Um, and I, I think they all did a great job with that. They all had to like change things up. It was like musical chairs with their characters, uh, you know, in terms of uh, their personalities. But I thought his was just like the starkest as well as the most, um, the most, uh, uh, I think, integral, I think, to, to, to the movie, right? Because mm-hmm. if if he's not who he is and he doesn't pull his part off, I don't think any of the other roles really, like, work or, or, or stand out as much, you know? Uh, I think the movie goes from being, you know, great to being just okay. Um, if, if, if they're if the relationships between them don't work. And I think that he was a linchpin in, in that he was a common denominator in that scenario um, that, that just, uh, just elevated it all, I think to the next level. Um, let's talk about um, the cinematography for the film. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, the cinematographer for the film was uh, uh, Robert uh, Litzel uh, and the editing credit goes to Matthew Weiss. Uh, what did you think about the cinematographer for the film? I think the word that comes to mind for me is like, uh, especially in part one, is very intimate, right? Um, you have to, and it was about like capturing like the nuances in like the behavior of those characters because it's a very weird situation. So, you know, particularly on the walk from the car down the road to like the house, right? And the conversation between Gabe and Allison, um, like those like long shots. And, and I love like the continuous shooting that I saw in this movie where, you know, you're just catching like a long, continuous conversation. Um, and, and in that conversation, there are like certain things that are said in, and there are certain things that are said in certain ways that you only capture in in like that intimate style of shooting, right? Capturing the facial expressions, you know, being able to capture like the, the, like the tone of voice. Um, and then they take that and they go into the house where they're having the dinner, which again, is a lot of long scenes, slow cuts. Um, and then they take that and they go into like the argument in the house where you're getting 
like they gave you so much visuals behind like you're, you're like you're getting like you feel like you're in the room i feel like that's the way they shot it, it was intimate it was kind of personal um but they did a great job of like really keeping the environment in play um so like where they're just these three people out in this cabin on the lake and i thought that was done really well and then in part two uh not as dynamic but not in a, i don't say that in a bad way because you know you got to find a way to in part two, the pacing felt a little bit faster in the way they shot it, right? Um, you got to be able to catch like the pace of it all. Um, you know, this is obviously a movie production. Things are moving very quickly. So it's a lot of, lot more faster cuts. Um, and, and, and they did a really good job capturing there too. Like you felt like the change in energy. So, I mean, so I would say part one, the intimacy of it all. Part two, the, the pacing and speed of it all. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, you know, uh, you know, obviously, like the editing, editing was different in both of them, as well as like the actual cinematography work was was different in terms of the camera work. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, in part one, it's more stagnant shots or at least maybe tripod shots, you know, where where you've got the the, the camera on sticks and, you know, uh, you're, you're either doing panning, tilting, whatever. Um, in in part two is more dynamic, right, where the uh, it's more of like a handheld shot where, you know, uh, and, and it produces two wildly different feelings you know and, and one feels like you're watching a movie and you're uh you know you're, you're just going through all this with the characters uh and you're seeing the story unfold uh, another feels like you're behind the scenes documentary style shooting where it, you know things are happening and you know you're right the, the pace picks up you know and, and it feels like all very almost like um yeah almost like it was a, a documentary that we were we were sort of uh watching and then the, the editing's a little quicker you know um in terms of like the cuts things like that um and so uh so yeah it, it was just very well done i think from from that from that point of view uh let's talk about the uh the soundtrack um uh i believe uh, uh julio uh carmesi as well as brian scary were uh were the or i'm sorry i might be i might have gotten that wrong unless i didn't get that wrong did i get that wrong I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'll, I'll come back to the, the the crediting for that. But um, uh, but yeah, what, what did you think about the 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 score or the soundtrack for the film? So I'm not going to try and fluff this part up too much. I think I would have to watch this film a second time to really uh, get the the music or the score for this. Um, just because like you're essentially watching or you know you're watching two parts of a film right um so the first part i just thought the music was very i think in both parts actually i just thought the music was very complimentary complimentary yeah it did what <laughs> it did what it was what you, it was supposed tried. to do yeah I, I, I fumbled there i picked it back up though the music did what it was supposed to do it was like compliment each moment um compliment the scenes add texture add layer and flavor to it but not like overpower any particular scene i don't remember any any scene in part one or two when the music was bigger than like the moment or um like they, where they muted the the maybe like the commentary in place of music or sound i just felt like it was all very complimentary yeah um yeah, I, I think the music for me, it was always like ominous uh, in in the, the the movie where it was like they they had this like almost like it was like a, like what you would find in like a psychological like thriller, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, like maybe a kind of a horror movie, a vibe to it. It just always had this like eerie. And even with uh, the I think the music from that aspect complemented some of the cinematography work, like with her, like on the dock. Right. It just mm-hmm. had this air like you're just 
thinking that a fucking serial killer was just going to pop out of nowhere at any moment and start slashing people up. Um, it just had that vibe the whole time. And I think that was in due both in the way they shot it, but then also in uh, in that score. And I think it just it, it accented it. And I think that accent just, you know, it just made it this entirely eerie thing. You could have had a completely different soundtrack to this. And I think they, they did have a very different sounds in the first and second part um, where I think they, they gave it a little bit of a more of a lighter tone in, in part two. Um, but, uh, but it, it was still there nonetheless. It was still ever present, you know? Uh, and I think yeah. that that's, that's one thing that they accomplished with the, uh, uh, with the, the score for the film. Um, uh, what are our parting thoughts about the movie? Um, I mean, I think this is a, uh, it's very different than any of the movies that I've watched like more recently in terms of like how they shot it. Right. So again, it's kind of like one film with like two parts. Right. I haven't seen that in a while. It was like a nice, it was kind of like a nice treat, nice like departure from the norm of um, film, st- um, you know, film stops. Right. You don't see this too often. So I thought that was really pleasant. I thought the acting here was phenomenal. Um, we got some really good actors in this film. I thought the characters were great. Um, I'd recommend this film to anyone who's like, I just want to watch a really good light film with some great storytelling, really good characters and um, something different. If you're looking for something different, this is a perfect movie for you. Uh, the only thing that, the only shocking moment to me about this film where I, I, like it made me take a deep breath and pause was in part one after Blair, you know, uh, you know, it looks like she's been injured from being pushed down on the couch and they're going to the hospital when Aubrey uh, or Allison's character crashes that Jeep. I was like, oh, God, don't crash the Jeep. I was like a 93 cherry red Jeep Grand <laughs> classic. I was like, oh, that was the most shocking moment for me. Um, but, you know, I, th- I thought this film was great. Yeah, I'm glad we, glad we, we I was I was excited for this movie when we looked at the. Well, I was interested in this movie when we looked at the trailer. And this is a great watch. It didn't let me down at all. Hundred um, percent. I, I would say that hands down, this is probably the best movie I've watched this year. Uh, we've got a lot of things this year, uh, or I guess maybe maybe I'll, I'll retract that. We've got some things this year, you know, considering that you know theaters and and all are you know closed down and, and all that shit. But um, yeah, I think by far this is the best movie I think I've seen this year, just because it's so weird and different, but also good. You know, yeah. it's it's not good enough just to be different. And just quirky, but it, it, it's, a, a, you know, a rare combination to be both different and good, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, that, that that's what this movie is. And and everybody did a fantastic job with that. Aubrey Plaza, uh, Christopher Abbott, um, just all the characters. They, they just they, they knocked it out of the park in terms of uh, putting on a performance that mirrored what the story was, you know, that they, they their performances elevated the movie just as much as like the weird quirkiness of the script. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This movie reminded me in a in a weird way of like uh, Donnie Darko. I I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's one of his earlier roles. Yeah, Um, I remember not seeing it. Yeah, it's a very fucking. It's a weird movie, uh, kind of like this. But uh, but in also in that, uh, it it has this like kind of like circular kind of like meta thing where basically the beginnings, the end, the ends, the beginning kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and when Aubrey Plaza looks at into the camera, it sort of like gave me that, that sort of like a Donnie Darko feel where, uh, essentially, yeah, I'm not going to get too far into Donnie Darko, but, uh, but it gave me that sort of feeling. Uh, and so, uh, 
yeah, you're left to kind of it's open to interpretation, which I'm 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 always happy when movies do that that they're not trying to spoon feed you everything that the movie's trying to say or do or whatever. Uh, yeah. And also too, on top of all that, I think this is a great introspection about just relationships and just how fucking <laughs> tough and challenging they are, and and you know why certain people do certain things or and and I think it was just a great depiction of of different you know aspects of a relationship this clearly was written by somebody who's been through uh some hellish times in in 100 percent yeah um, so yeah you know I, i'll close this out by saying that like we we press play on this film we definitely recommend you do too uh, i think you and you enjoy this film i really enjoyed this film as well if you're looking for uh you know something different you know, like you say that this is one of the best films that you've seen this year i would definitely put it on my list of top five films for sure and i'd probably be like high up on high up on uh the list on that list of five so again we press play on this we highly recommend you do too and i love uh your your mention there of donnie darko like if you're looking for a good like weekend lineup um what 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 better lineup than to like watch a movie like this and stylistically, you know, find something similar, you know, to, you know, to see if, Hey, is this the style of filmmaking that I like um, is to maybe watch this film and then watch Donnie Darko afterwards and see what those like comparisons, uh, those like comparisons are between those two films. Like um, I've, I believe I've seen Donnie Darko on like Hulu or like Netflix or something like that. Um, I might have to put that on my list of movies to watch this weekend. So yeah, it's a uh, weird fucking movie. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it, where I thought this movie was weird and good. I just thought Donnie Darko was weird. I, I I don't know if I okay. enjoyed it too much, but yeah. Uh, but it is hey. always worth a watch, you know. There's your weekend lineup if you're looking for something to watch this weekend and you're listening to this podcast. There you go. All right. Uh, let's move the fuck on because time is clearly of the essence. Ladies and gentlemen, this past week, we got some fucking bangers dropped on us, right? Like, you know, you go through your week and you're like, um, I don't know. It's kind of a dry week. There's no uh, no news. Yeah. Bam. You know, you get you get hit in the throat with some with some shit, you know. Uh, so that's what we got this past week uh, with Disney's uh, Investor Day event. I don't even like what kind of fucking like it, it, I guess it's an event where basically they, they just tell their investors, yeah, we're you know, the ship's not sinking, I guess. Like, is that <laughs> like the, the idea behind Here, it? I don't you guys richer. Yeah. <laughs> basically here's how how we're going to keep that money rolling here's how we want to keep this gravy chain going um but nonetheless however we got this fucking news we got it nonetheless uh but we got trailers we got announcements we got all this shit right first we want to talk and it's a lot of shit so first we want to talk uh about the uh trailers marvel uh had a few fucking trailers in this uh and so we we want to we want to jump into that uh real quick um Okay, so let's start by going through the list of um, uh, of trailers that were were shown at this event. Uh, by my count, we have one, two, three, four, five trailers that were were shown here, or at least, and some of them not necessarily full blown trailers, so much as just uh, teasers, teasers, kind of, you know, kind of uh, show you a little bit about you know some of the story, but then also just show some behind the scenes things, scenes things. But we got a full blown trailer for uh for for the trailer we're seeing right now uh which is uh, uh loki uh and you know obviously tom uh hiddleston 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 one of those two um hiddleston, right Middle- hiddleston, i think it's hiddleston um is uh is returning as loki and this uh picks up pretty much right after the scenes uh or, or the events of um uh endgame where yep. he finds the tesseract 
and um and uses it to 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 dip out and we see sort of where he sort of ends up uh and i don't know what the fuck is going on here they say something about what tvt or tvm or whatever the fuck the initials that they mentioned i i assume that's some sort of comic book reference to something that i don't fucking know anything about uh but uh you have him paired up with owen wilson um uh and yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm still not sure what to think about this. This seems like a kind of a strange sort of pairing, but, uh, but it's hard to say that he's, you know, anytime you see him as Loki, Tom, Tom Henderson, he's going to give you something dope, you know, uh, he's yeah, going to give you something like, great. I'm, I'm happy to see him back. I think if anybody else were to like pick up this character, it, it wouldn't have been as much of a sell for me, but to see Tom, uh, and I'm pretty sure, dude, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Tom Middleton. Middleton? I could be yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm happy to see him in this role as Loki. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, from that, we got uh, we also got a trailer for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which uh, fucking just I'm, I'm still. Not, what do you think? Let me let me get your thoughts first before I. I thought this I, looks good. Yeah. Um, so they, they speak about. And I love the fact that they're not ignoring the fact that the Falcon was gifted the shield um, by, uh, uh, Chris Evans character, Captain America. And he's like having trouble trying to figure out like what to do with it and how to pick up that mantle. Um, because in the comic books, both the Falcon and Bucky ultimately donned the Captain America uniform and shield, um, you know, based, you know, clarifying the fact that Captain America really is the suit and the shield, like whoever dons the suit and the shield kind of becomes Captain America. So Bucky's, you know, uh, or the Falcon is trying to figure out what to do with it. Bucky's not quite sure if he is ready to do that, but like, they still have a job to do. Uh, we get new uniforms, we get new suits, we get new tech. We uh, end that trailer with the Falcons um, flight scene, which is just looks epic. Um, so, and this looks fun. It looks light, you know, um, I remember the scene where uh, where they're walking down the street and Falcon's just kind of like toying with uh, with Winter Soldier, like what's going on in that like tech brain of yours, you know? Like, uh, he, and he's just fucking with them, and and, and fuck, he's just like, dude, I, I fucking hate you. So I think we're gonna get like some really fun, uh, a really fun relationship between them, and we're gonna get a lot of like rich storytelling that's gonna follow the comic books. I hope. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As, as I was sort of like looking through the trailer, and we were seeing a little bit of it now, um, even though it's a little choppy, but. Um, but yeah, like this, you know, it, it just seemed like, you know, okay, here we go again. You know, we've, we've been, we've had a layoff of, uh, uh, of Marvel content, um, for, for a while now. Right. Like I, I honestly, what, what was like the last thing that got put out by, by Marvel? It was B uh, series. It was which one? Are you talking about TV series or film? TV series or anything. Just, uh, I think the, the Defenders was like the last Marvel TV series on Netflix, which was garbage. Um, the last Marvel film that I could recall is Endgame. Have they put out anything after Endgame? I'm, uh, well, they, yeah, they put out Spider Man. Oh, okay, Spider Man. What that was the last thing, right? Uh, yeah, 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 with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mac, uh, Mysterio, yeah, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, um. Yeah. So, you know, uh, this was kind of like the return to action, so to speak, you know, the, the, the return mm-hmm. to uh, what we know these characters as uh, I'm looking forward to this. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if they maybe pick up a little bit with kind of um, uh, kind of like the espionage shit. Right. Like, you know, I want this to really be sort of like them going on missions and fucking just doing some some espionage shit. Um, uh, what I don't want this to be is just like some sort of like 
thing where they just constantly, you know, talk about Captain America and then we're supposed to just like, oh my God, is Cap coming back? You know, are we going to see Cap? Like, it's just like, no, like, let's move on from that. Let's just, let's get in some dope shit with these, you know, with what we got left, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, that they do that with, uh, with, with this, this, uh, the show. Um, and, and, and hopefully, you know, um, it'll be good, you know, and, and it's well-written, uh, and, and all that shit. Uh, we got also, um, we, we we also got a trailer for um uh another trailer for WandaVision. Um and we already had a, a kind of a full blown trailer before, but uh but we got uh, a, another one that kind of actually went into a little more depth into what's going mm-hmm. on. This is gonna be a weird fucking show and I'm into it. Uh this is uh you know uh, uh you know obviously um, we've got basically all the same characters coming back and for, in, in fact, including some, some characters that we, we haven't seen for a while, like uh cat Dennings character. I forget what her name is on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, in the movies, but, um, but, but her character is coming back, uh, for, for this, uh, as well as we're getting, um, I think the older version of the, the kid from Captain Marvel. Uh, and I, I forget exactly what her, her name was in the series as well, but um, she's coming back for the, or she's going to be reintroduced for the, for, for, for this series. Um, but it seems like they're being held captive on some sort of base. And, you know, Wanda has to kind of figure out what the fuck's going on. I'm just I'm not understanding is vision fucking alive. Cause the last time I saw it, uh, you know, but pardon my words here, but that nigga was dead. <laughs> you know, uh, dead in the most. Fifty Cent would say that nigga's dead. So, like Thanos <laughs> fucked him up. So, like, is this her? Is this her vision of what life would be like with Vision? I don't but, know uh, because it seems like they're caught on some sort of weird uh, like base or something like that. So it seems like he might actually literally be there, but also I have no fucking clue. Uh, this is just going to yeah. be, I think a weird ass show that's going to, uh, and apparently I, I th- if I'm to understand it correctly, WandaVision should lead directly into uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, which would kind of make sense since this is some weird ass shit. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. The more I see so the first trailer for WandaVision, I wasn't really interested in this trailer. I'm still, I have no interest in this show. Um, but unfortunately I know I'm going to have to watch it in order to watch, in order to understand the uh, Dr. Strange and the multi multiverse of madness, yeah. because they lead right into each other. Yeah. So, I don't. I hope the show is better than it looks in these trailers because these two trailers for me have has been un, unimpressive. Yeah, um, to say it bluntly, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed them. I, I'm I'm intrigued to, uh, you know, to say the the least. Uh, the other two trailers we got uh, just to kind of roll through them quickly is uh, for Miss Marvel and then What If. What If looked actually a lot doper than what I was thinking it was going to be. Um, I genuinely don't have interest in things that are like uh, that are hypothetical in nature in terms of like what if this happened or what if that happened but this actually the way that they, they've done it looks okay it, you know it looks interesting um miss marvel looks pretty cool um uh yeah uh you know you've got this new story from from uh, a relatively new character uh in the marvel universe uh and i believe she's pakistani um yep which is uh which is dope uh and so uh so yeah i, I think i'm looking forward to that too i just hope they don't make it too teeny bopperish you know 
um, is kind of, I don't want to see it, you know, if they, if they could, if you could put this show on the CW, I feel like I could go ahead and pass, you know? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but, but, but cautiously. Um, and then we got, um, a trailer for, uh, to, to shift, um, to shift, uh, uh, Kind of like priorities here. Uh, we, we got a trailer for uh, Star Wars. Uh, they, they dropped a couple of trailers. Uh, yeah. And so uh, we got a trailer for Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is a fucking badass name for uh, for a series, right? The Bad Batch. You know, it just sounds like we're about to get into some weird shit, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but basically, if I'm to understand correct, right? Um, uh, the Bad Batch uh, basically picks up where the Clone Wars uh, left off, um, which is uh, basically, I think, after uh, it, it's either before or after. I guess it's before, right? This whole Galactic Empire type of situation where we have Palpatine and all that shit. I think it's right before that. Uh, uh, unless I got the Clone Wars. After the events that happened between uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it happens, I think, right before Revenge of the Sith, right? Or is either right before, I don't know. I forget what the whole... And you're following the events of Revenge of the Sith is like what I read. Is Well, yeah, because you obviously you get Palpatine talking about the Galactic Empire, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, so that that was a good, you know, throwback to, uh, to the Revenge of the Sith. But uh, but yeah, um, yeah, the, the Bad Batch looks like fucking dope, dude. I'm I'm usually not. I wasn't really into the whole Clone Wars thing, um, but there are a lot of people who were. Uh, I think I might. I think I might do it, you know, because they they seem to be making um uh you know a, a lot of noise. I know that they, they've got a character from from the Clone Wars that popped up on uh, the Mandalorian, um, which everybody's kind of like losing their shit about. And I think she's actually going to get her, her own series. I think uh, yep. uh Rosario uh, Dawson's uh, you know playing uh, Ox, uh Akasa or. Uh, I'm getting yeah. I'm butchering this by the way. Um, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But fucking dope. I mean, if you saw that last episode, uh, if you saw the episode that she was featured in The Mandalorian, her character is dope. Um, a spin-off film or TV series is gonna be dope. And I just love anything Rosario Dawson does. Like she's, you know, she can't she can't miss. Yeah, she usually doesn't miss. Uh then we got a um kind of like a first look um for uh Star Wars, uh, or I guess it's just called uh Andor, uh, which is um, which it, it picks up on uh, uh, a story from um, from Rogue One um, that uh, uh, that uh, I believe. Uh, so to- I believe this is actually a prequel to Rogue One. It is, yeah, because literally everybody died at the end of Rogue One. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so this is like Cassian Andor's story, the prequel to Rogue One, like le- leading up to the events that happened in Rogue One, which we had a conversation about on a previous podcast, like which was, uh, you know, Rogue One was trending on Twitter and people were talking about what was the best movie. Um, and that Rogue One might be, you know, in the top three best Star Wars movies ever made, um, particularly that like Darth Vader scene that we talked about where Darth Vader's like really just fucking people up left and right. So I, I think this is going to be uh, a good film. I thought the Cass, uh, Cassian Andor character was really interesting. And I also love the actor who plays him. So um, his name is uh, Diego Luna. You may know him from Netflix's um, uh, 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 Narcos Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, played a phenomenal character. I guess he was like, man, fuck this drug shit. I'm, I'm about to the intergalactic, you know, to see what's out, what's out yeah. there. Intergalactic he, uh, drug tree. Yeah. I'm going to start trafficking drugs across the universe not just mexico not just sinaloa yeah. the universe 
Yeah. Hey, you got to diversify your portfolio, you know? Yeah. That's uh, what they say. Give uh, me a space. Traffic, yeah. all of this cocaine. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, so th- those are the Star Wars trailers that, that came out. Um, well, let's just kind of quickly go through um, some of the uh, just the, the other big announcement that uh, announcements that came from um, uh, this this uh, Disney Investors Day event. Uh, so we got Armor Wars, which is basically going to bring back uh, Colonel Rhodes uh, and, and of course uh, the person who plays him, Don Cheadle. Um, which it, this sounds actually pretty dope, uh, which basically uh, uh, it says it examines Tony Stark's biggest fears. Um, and I assume that means something about like some sort of attack from some sort of, you know, uh, alien, whatever. Uh, we've got Secret Invasion uh, from uh, and that brings Samuel L. Jackson back as Nick Fury, which that should be fucking dope. You know, um, I, I've always thought that they should give Nick Fury uh, or Samuel Jackson his own sort of thing because, you know, uh, he's always assisting other people. But uh, but I, but I think that he's good enough to care. Like we saw it in, uh, you know, when he had a larger role in um, uh, The Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah. You know how, how dope he was from that. And also, obviously, in, in, uh, I thought he was probably the best part of Captain Marvel, uh, if, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be uh, real. Um, Absolutely. I mean, him and the cat were like the only good parts about that movie. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I, I, I really wanted to, if we were going to spend time on anything, it would be this, uh, is what do you think about Hayden Christensen, I believe that's how you pronounce it, uh, returning as Darth Vader? What are your thoughts? What do you think? I think it's appropriate. Um, if they were to do that any other way, I don't know if it would have made as much sense uh, following, uh, what was it, the the film with like uh, where he like where he was killed or chopped up by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. That's, that's Revenge the of the Sith. Yeah, I don't know. I just said it earlier. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been it's been a long time since that story has been told. And um, I'm glad they're, that they're going to pick that up with the same character that we that we saw in the last film. So it's just like a continuation of the story. I, th- I felt like if they were to recast it, um, it would have been weird. And Hayden Christensen, I don't know what he's been up to lately, but he better get the fuck ready for this because um, he cannot fuck this up. Do you remember uh, he was he was in that movie uh, with Idris Elba? Um, yeah, Takers. Takers, yeah. That was a fucking good I don't understand why everybody hates Hayden Christensen. I, I, I don't I, understand I, it. Wasn't he in Jumper too? He was in Jumper, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I thought he was good. I like the kid. Yeah, I, it's one of those things. It's like once like a fan base like makes a declaration, everybody else has to follow an order. Otherwise, you're stupid. No, you're terrible. It's like, yo, they did not set him right, uh, set him up right in the uh, the Attack of the Clones, right? Uh, I thought he did a much better job in Revenge of the Sith, although there were some spots where it was a bit spotty. But as an actor, he's not like terrible. It's just, you know, he got shit direction, you know? Um, the three movies I've seen him in um, that I'm, I'm most familiar with him, again, Revenge of the Sith, Takers, and Jumpers, I've liked all three of those films. So I, I th- yeah. think he's a pretty good actor. And I'm, and I'm, I'm sure he's like grown and, and developed since then. So for him to return as Darth Vader, which is like a very rich, known, notable character, like, and he knows he's going to have to deliver in that character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that he's he's ready for it. And you need that part two, that Obi-Wan verse versus uh darth vader because oh yeah uh, darth caught it the first time <laughs> I, I have the high ground anakin and anakin just didn't listen <laughs> it chopped his ass up so um we yeah. definitely need that part too but like so there are a couple other announcements i want to get into here if you don't mind if i throw these out yeah. so we've got uh, uh ant-man and the wasp the uh quantum mania which is yeah. definitely gonna uh, dive into the quantum realm see what the fuck is going on in there uh Christian Bale has been confirmed as the villain in Thor 4, Love and Thunder. So he's going to be playing Gore the God Butcher. Um, so he's just getting the Marvel bag and the DC bag. Uh, so 
Good for you, Christian Bale. Uh, I really like Ironheart. So this film is, um, or this is going to be, a, I believe, a series or yeah, it's going to be an original series starring Dominique Thorne, who is going to pick up Tony Hart's mantle. So she's going to play the character Riri Williams, who's going to uh, Ironheart, um, who's going to develop like a suit that far exceeds what the uh, what Tony Hart was able to develop. It's so, like the most technologically advanced suit, or Tony Stark, um, the most technologically advanced armor suit um, uh, like ever created. Um, and she's just going to pick up and run with it from there. We also got, as you said, Secret Invasion, uh, Moon Knight, which I don't know much about Moon Knight, but it looks really interesting. Uh, Hawkeye, which uh, a few um, big name cast members were recently added to the list um, next next to Jeremy Renner. Uh, Captain Marvel 2, which, you know, confirms uh, Brie Larson as like she's returning to that role. Um, this film is also going to feature uh, Miss Marvel. So we're going to get Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. And I forget who else is going to be in this movie. There's another um, uh, superhero who's going to appear in this film. I thought it was going to be like Wanda or something like that. I don't know. In which one? Uh, uh, um, Captain Marvel 2. Hmm. I can't remember. Uh, it's going to be Captain Marvel. There's another like female um, uh, superhero who's going to appear in this film as well. I don't know who it is. No, is it somebody from, uh, was it uh, from uh, Wakanda? Uh, it might be Sori. I don't know. I don't but know uh, I, I, yeah. yeah, it'll come to me at like the worst time. And lastly, the, the big thing that was mentioned was uh, She-Hulk, which um, do you remember uh, the Hulk? movie that featured the uh that like other hulk monster like destroyer or something like that yeah um, I tried to this forget. is the yeah. yeah i think this is the last film that featured edward norton um yes. so he is going to be returned oh, no 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 that, that was the uh was that that one i thought that was yeah that was it was, it was and it had Liv tyler in it okay yeah, yeah yeah Sure, sure. So he's going to be reprising that same role with that same like uh, villain in She-Hulk, who's going to be played by uh, Tatiana Mas- Maslany. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested in this role. Mm-hmm. If there were any changes I would made, it's like it's never too late to recast Brie Larson. Sure. Um, and I, I was hoping that Rosario Dawson, because I know she was also like one of the names mentioned to play She-Hulk, but um, you know, still, still not too late to cast her. She, she's fucking it up lately. So yeah, those she's are some already, of the big. She's already in the Marvel universe. I mean, Jesus Christ, how many, how many bags can you get from her? Yeah, we can oh, still and, do she, it. and she's already in the the Marvel universe. As what? As the uh, she was the uh, in Daredevil. She was the uh, like the nurse or whatever. Yeah, but like, what if she like accidentally got you know injected <laughs> with or exposed to some like gamma radiation in like uh, in the radiology room? You know it's that it's turned to She Hawk. It's uh it's it's comic book so yeah anything's possible so <laughs> um uh, like, but, uh just to just to really kind of quickly go through some of these things uh so fantastic four patty jenkins uh going uh being you know she's going to be directing uh rogue squadron uh rogue squadron which uh was a it was a uh game franchise uh you know i think it was back in like the late 90s early 2000s uh i didn't play too much of rogue squadron but i did play uh the uh x-wing uh series uh, so that's really exciting. I, you know, I was talking to, I was chatting, I shout out to my dude, Dan, uh, I was talking to him about it and, um, he was excited that he, you know, that Patty Jenkins was going to be doing Rogue Squadron. Um, I was like, ah, it's okay. Cause I, you know, uh, it controversial to say the least, but I, I still think that Wonder Woman was just okay. It was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It was just okay. Yeah. 
the the problem I had most with like Wonder Woman was like how they diminish how powerful and strong Wonder Woman really is. Like, well, they, they might know, be it, getting into that into the, in part two, so maybe that's maybe that's what you're I, I hope to. so because in the commercials it looks like she's getting fucked up by a cat lady who just like <laughs> special serum and all of a sudden now she's like competing with Wonder Woman. Like Wonder Woman is uh, a half god. Yeah. You know, so she, you know, if if you look at the scale, if you look at some of the most powerful characters in like the Marvel universe, um, Wonder Woman ranks higher than Thor. Uh, I'm sorry. Wonder Woman's DC. Uh, So Wonder Woman ranks higher than a lot of those like uh, uh, other DC comic characters that like were, you know, I think she's ranked actually above Superman technically, but then Superman just insane yeah more than batman at any rate so uh but uh so quickly kind of finishes up uh we have lightyear which is basically going to tell the origin story of buzz lightyear and he's going to be voiced by chris evans uh then uh one that i think is is super fucking interesting noah holly is going to be directing an alien series obviously based off of the ridley scott films uh and ridley scott i believe is going to be uh executive producing um or uh, part of the producing in uh in some form or fashion um and then also two pricing differences that they're in, you know, now we see it, right? Uh, they're doing good with Disney TV plus, And now they're like, check them fucking prices up, kid. Um, and so uh, it goes from being $6.99 to $7.99 for, I guess, the, the base package. And then, you know, they've got some other uh, tweaks in there as well. The one thing I will say is, is that it's funny what everybody's, everybody's getting on WB for doing what they did as far as like, you know, basically just throwing all their slate of production onto, uh, uh, onto HBO Max, right? But uh, what they should do uh, is re-examine Disney because Disney's essentially just not making movies, <laughs> right? Like they they're making every fucking series under the sun, but they're just not making movies, you know? Um, yeah. Which is an interesting approach. So instead of worrying about your slate of 2021, you're just not going to really produce any movies in 2021 and shift that over to 2022. Uh, so yeah. really, they're not they're not like good. They're just they have a different model, and I think that they were set up differently, right? That that yeah. they just because of their slate of movies that were in production and slash not in production that they're just going to hold on to 2022 and see what the landscape looks like there so they're not good guys they're just they're just doing some a different it's just a different thing altogether because of yeah i mean disney they did like 22 films right in like what is it like phase three um you know all the iron man captain america avengers movies it was like a total of i believe 22 movies so it makes sense for them to like um in this next phase shift to uh, a bunch of tv series one capturing that like long-term audience that like is on Hulu and Netflix, right. With like these, a lot of these upcoming series, you're gonna be able to capture a lot of those people week after week, month after month with these slates of series coming out. And then you could jump back in and sprinkle in a bunch of movies here and there. Uh, so I think it's a smart strategy. And obviously, you know, I've got the the plus bundles. So that comes with like Nat Geo and then you get um, ESPN. Uh, so it makes sense that, you know, the price is going to start to jack up a little bit, especially since Netflix just went to like what, 12 99 or 14 or something. Yeah. I think it's somewhere around there. Uh, yeah. If they do one more, I think, I don't know. We might have to, we might have, to have a come to Jesus moment with Netflix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, or it's just like, hey, let me get that login from you, boss. <laughs> yeah, let's start going hazies on this. Um, okay, I think we only have time to for one more story. Uh, I know we wanted to really do that Byron Allen story, but we might have to hold that to another yeah, time. Yeah, let's jump to the um, Spider-Man. But before yeah. we jump to Spider-Man, I did want to give an honorable mention out there. This uh, uh, Disney Investor Day was huge. That was all the conversation. I, I appreciate... Warner Brothers uh, and DC Comics efforts to like jump in the conversation and raise a hand like, hey, we've got a black 
Batman coming. Uh, so in, in an upcoming comic book series, um, no, you remember Lucius that. Fox, who was, uh, um, who was uh, Bruce Wayne's, uh, I believe he was like the director of like technology um, in like Lucius most recent. Fox. Lucius Fox. Yep. Uh, he was played by Morgan Freeman. Uh, so in the Batman uh, Dark Knight Rise, you know, we saw Batman eventually like, you know, give up the Batman mantle. And then we saw him and the old guy at the, at the cafe. Uh, and he, he essentially like renounced his title as Batman. So what's going to happen in the comic book series is Lucius Fox's son, I believe it's like Will Fox or something like that, or William Fox uh, is going to pick up the Batman mantle. He's going to be the first ever black Batman. So that's, Ooh, that's man. Yo, them boys is going to be hot about this. Are you kidding Super. me? They're what? Like, Wait, he's rich and he's going to have all them gadgets and he's going to be busting people up on the streets and nobody's going to take him to jail. That, that's what happened to mandatory minimums. He's got to have a mandatory minimum, right? Like <laughs> is the police force is Commissioner Gordon going to be working with him or he's going to be like, mm, I don't like this black guy running around my city. No, all solving- lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Commissioner Gordon is about some all lives matter shit, <laughs> interesting comic book. Um, but I had to, so uh, shout out to you guys, DC. Um, yeah. Let's jump into the uh, Spider Man thing. A lot yeah, let's of just, lot- let's spend like two or three minutes on this. Uh, basically, they're just throwing everybody into this fucking movie. All right, uh, uh, like that's basically the summary of it. We just got word this past week: Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming back to reprise their roles as Spider Man for this film, uh, as well as the dude who played Doctor Octavius. I forget what the fuck his name is. Um, but then also. Um, fucking charlie cox is going to come back as daredevil for this movie which is insane because he's he was a part of the uh marvel uh like tv connected universe right uh where uh you know they had their whole run on netflix um and those two paths never really crossed right like they they, Mm -hmm. even so much to like they they didn't even mention the names of the actual avengers on the uh the marvel tv series uh they would just say like the big green guy or like you know um the usa guy i forget how the fuck they talk about captain america but um but they would never just like mention in my name but here we go fucking charlie cox and he was arguably the best part of that whole that whole run right i would say close seconds probably jessica jones but uh but yeah, definitely Daredevil, that whole series, except for maybe season two was a little lackluster. But uh, so to have him back uh, for, you know, this film, this film is going to be four hours long. They're, they have 8000 people in it. They, they're going to need to spend some amount of time with those people. Otherwise, they can't justify the paycheck that they're paying them. So I don't know what the fuck's going to happen with this movie. Is it going to be a two parter? I don't know. I don't know. What's yeah. Going on. I- I like the fact that because Spider-Man is in New York City, right? So I think Spider-Man operates mostly in like Manhattan, right? Uh, Daredevil's obviously a, a bit north of Manhattan, up in Hell's Kitchen. Um, and we got Luke Cage over in Harlem. I think Jessica Jones, I think she's out in like Brooklyn, probably in like Williamsburg, one of those like gentrified areas of New York. Um, so it, it makes sense for them to start to introduce some of the other superheroes that are in the city as Spider-Man. Um, and I think Daredevil is going to be the right one. And I, I remember from watching the like the Spider-Man um, uh, cartoons in um, on TV when I was a kid, like he would always run into Daredevil or uh, Blade or um, uh you know, I forget who the other superhero was that he'd run into, but like Daredevil and Blade were recurring characters in the Spider-Man series. So I think this this is appropriate. And I'm still waiting on some news about Blade. Um, you, you know, know Marshall Ali as uh, yeah as, as Blade. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that series as well. I think Marshall Ali is going to fucking kill it as Blade. Definitely. Um, but uh, but yeah, to, to stay on brand here, I think this this Spider-Man three 
uh it's just going to be fucking bananas dude like we just got we got a lot of shit going on here um uh you know they they found toby mcguire wherever he is you know we haven't seen him for a few years i guess since uh what's the last movie i, I think i saw him in was uh was the the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? What was that? That was uh, uh, Great Gatsby. The Great Gatsby. Uh, Andrew Garfield. They essentially try to end his career after uh, a movie uh, after Spider Man uh, Two, which was unfortunate. I, I didn't think he actually was. You know, he, he, the the problems with that movie weren't, weren't him. Um, now, also in this movie uh, is going to be um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Uh, and uh, Jamie Foxx, of course, as Electro. Kirsten Dunst is returning as... This movie's wild. All right. Uh, Emma Stone's going to come back as uh, Gwen Stacy. Or Gwen, yeah. yeah, This is some wild-ass shit. Anyways, uh, some wild shit, you know, from the the Spider-Man universe. Uh, You know what? Fuck it. Just bring back everybody. Like, just have fucking Superman in this movie, right? Like, it's not even a fucking Marvel thing, (laughs) but fuck it. Since we're throwing everybody else in there, fucking just have, you know, uh, you know, uh, a projection right. of like Christopher Reeves or some shit like that. We <laughs> come up on screen. Let's do it. You know, you know, uh, final question on this topic of Spider-Man and then, uh, yeah. then, we'll, then we'll head out of here. Yeah. Who has the most pressure on them to like, you know, to show up? Right. Uh, there's Tom. Uh, who's the kid who's playing Spider-Man now? Tom. Tom, uh, Tom Holland. Yeah. And we got Andrew Garfield, who, I mean, I don't, I don't think he had any good movies as Spider-Man. Um, Tobey Maguire. The first and second one. Uh, the first, the second one's arguable. The first one was good. What are you talking about? Come on. Uh, uh, uh. Tobey Maguire, the first Spider-Man movie was great. The Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire was okay. What do you mean uh, it's okay? It's, the, it's one of the best movies, uh, superhero movies of all time. Spider-Man 2 was you, fucking dope. Spider-Man 2 was great. Spider-Man 1 was really good. Spider-Man 3 was trash. So at least yeah, Toby 3 was one of the worst movies ever made. At least Toby Maguire has like two really good movies as Spider-Man under his belt. I think Tom Holland, he's a good Spider-Man. I haven't really particularly loved any of the any of his Spider-Man movies. Um, but who has to really show up the biggest? Is it going to be Andrew Garfield or is it going to be Toby Maguire? None of them. They're all still getting royalties. Why do they have to show up at all? <laughs> they don't care. I'm like, yo, I was first. I set this shit in motion. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be jacked Spidey or something like that. I'm going to be sunning these motherfuckers on set. Cause I, <laughs> well, it'd be terrible if Tom Holland just came through and grabbed up Gwen, grabbed up Mary Jane. And was like, all right, guys, thanks. Thanks for contributing. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, either way, 95 actors and actresses are in this film, so it better be good. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be it's probably going to be a chaotic mess. Uh, I'll, I'll probably have to say. Um, but uh, in any event, um, you know, that that brings us to uh, a, a another episode of the uh, or the end of another episode of the Fade podcast. Um, uh, I wish my graphics here would work. They are not, which is great. <laughs> All right. A lot of complicated things. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, so yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, as always, uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, please go subscribe, you know, to the, to the, you know, whatever you're listening to this on, whether it be a, a spot, a podcasting platform or on YouTube or wherever else uh, or on social media, uh, please go, uh, subscribe to us, uh, like share, do all that shit. Uh, we very much, uh, appreciate that. Um, we will be back next week, relatively same time, relatively same place. Um, and, uh, look out for our, 
Uh, we will be dropping the name of our new studio probably within the next week or two, but we'll uh, we'll see how that how that goes. Um, with all of that being said, I think we will hit the very usual protocol. Fade out. Fade the fuck out, bitches. 